Welcome to episode two of season four of the Recon Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about something that's always fascinated me, TPE, that's Total Power Exchange, for those of you that don't know. The other day I was chatting to a very good friend about being a complete control freak, and this is one of those throwaway phrases that so many of us use. But how much of a control freak are we really? How much control do we want? How much control do we demand? How much control do we need? How much control can we give up? And when we think about it in this aspect of our lives, of course, we're talking about the context of kink and fetish. Please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Recon Podcast. This is episode two of season four. In this episode, I want to talk about something that's always fascinated me. Um, And this is the topic around TPE, which for listeners that do not know, is total power exchange. Um, The other day I was chatting with a a very good friend about this throwaway line, you know, of him saying, I'm a complete control freak. Um, And it's one of those throwaway phases that people use all the time. And it got me thinking, you know, but that's how much of a control freak are we really? Or how much of a control freak is he really? And then, of course, the questions about the conversation then just started, you know, how much control do we really want? How much control do we demand? How much control do we need if we're actually control freaks? And I guess the other side of the question is, for the other person, how much control would we expect them to give up? How much control can they give up? And of course, uh, in this context, we're talking about kink and fetish. So I decided to do some poking around to try to get an understanding of what TPE, the Total Power Exchange, was all about. And as a very interesting exercise, I just did a search on Recon by the profile name and just entered TPE because I wanted to see how many people were there that had it in the titles of their names. And I know that there are probably going to be more people who mention it, like in the body of the text of their profiles. But it was interesting that there are about 250 profiles with some form of TPE added to their profile name. And I thought, that's really interesting. So we actually definitely have a really... um, good audience of members who are engaged or interested in TPE in some form. Uh, And then, of of course, it makes me think, not that I'm skeptical about it at all, but just how much invested or involved in TPE are they really, or do they really have an understanding of what it is or what it means? And so then comes the idea to this definitely needs to be a podcast. So when we talk about fetish or kink in the context, let's say of BDSM, I think we can all agree that there's always a certain level of power exchange involved in BDSM play, whether it's light or heavy or anything else, there's always a power play involved. Um, This one we don't really get away with. But what is it that makes one person want to take total power away from another? And what is it about the sub or the slave that makes them want to give up total power? There's going to have to be a lot of discussion about this. And especially when we think about things like 
rust. Um, in recent times, there have been several studies and countless published articles and blogs, as well as an abounding amount of social visibility around kink and fetish and the social stigmatization that previously came with everything related to sexuality, sexual identity, inclusion, anything that was kink related, you know, which of course now is slowly emerging into the wider public arena, thanks to things like films, public figures, and especially with the growth of social media. And in my search, I found uh, a quote by um, Z Alora, and she says, defining total power exchange, total power exchange TPE is when there is a consensual agreement that the dominant takes complete responsibility for the sub or slave and the sub or slave agrees to adhere to the dominance authority in all realms. The dynamic doesn't stop after a scene, but it continues 24-7. There are some other bits in between. And she goes on to say, to me, there is no wrong way if the people engaging in this type of relationship are contented and no one else is being harmed. I say, go for it in the way that sparks your joy and fits your reality. So... I'm sure that most of um, you listeners have all got your opinions about TPE and the various forms and have arranged various dynamics with your master subs or slaves. Um, and your approaches would be different. But today I want to talk uh, with two people that I found who are in a TPE dynamic, and that is Jonas and Jose. And we want to talk about what their dynamic is like, and hopefully they can shed some light on it and um, give us a little bit of more of an understanding, an in-depth understanding of what it's like. So please welcome Jonas and Jose to the podcast. So welcome, guys. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Well, thanks for having us. Um, can you, I guess for the first bit, just give us a very brief introduction about who you are, uh, your kink maybe, and the first little glimpse or inkling of when you thought or when you realized you were interested in TPE? Um, yes. Uh, hello. I, my name is Jonas and uh, I have been a practicing pervert for over two decades. When did I first realize I, I enjoyed TPE? I um, think in my teens. Yeah. As early as your teens. Was there some kind of sign or hint or were you involved in a play with someone else when it was like, I kind of like this having control of somebody? Was it something like that or did it just manifest from your another form of BDSM practice you were involved in? Um, it started very innocently with with some uh, bondage with a lot of electrical cords, if I remember correctly. That <laughs> was what was on hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, I for a long time, I thought that that was gay sex. I later learned that, that there are different kinds of gay sex that doesn't involve bondage. But I, I launched right into fetish from, from there on, learning as much as I could, as quickly as I could. Uh, amazing. And Jose? I would say for me, it's not something that I've ever really been actively drawn to, which I'm sure we'll cover later on. I've always been drawn to session-based play i've been on the kink scene for over 10 years now which is a slightly terrifying long time for me when i think back to when i first sort of came onto the week onto to recon parties and i've always gone to play with people with doms for like a session and tpe is something 
I'd say I've fallen into as I've grown up and learned to relish more of the control and a more 24-7 influence of kink in my life. It's not something I've ever actively gone, oh, I really want to do that. It's become something I would probably love more. But that's been a journey that's really grown in the last two years especially but it's i think considering that you're both i think coming at it was two very different let's say two different sets of your history and your knowledge and your experience in tpe what was it that you think connected you both specifically what was it about each other that you think were thought like ha i want to control that guy Ha, I want to give this guy full control. What was what was that thing? It's an evolving thing. Uh, it's like we've known each other for a while and our current dynamic has been slowly winding up to where it is now. And it is still moving in a direction. When you talk about TPE, I think very often you think about a master-slave situation. I would say that in our dynamic, we have a goal of more power exchange and we are gradually working in that direction. And sometimes you take a step back, but I feel like it is two step forwards usually. So it's right to assume that TPE isn't something that just automatically happens. This is something where I guess say like your bond or your dynamic would, uh, I don't know, if for most people, would this be like a general or natural progression of this dynamic rather than you like jump right into it from the start. I mean, if you find a person that you can jump right into it with from the start, then you are a very lucky person and you should totally go for that. Um, I think in some relationships, TPE is like a, a guiding light that you can steer your perversion towards. Go ahead, boy. Thank you, sir. I'd say for me, it's I have more of a trust judgment on people and i want to know if i'm just having a session with someone that i can trust them that they've got experience ideally someone who's done both being a slave being a sub being a dom being a master and so for sir i met him back in a few years ago at recon parties in london and was in part of the same friendship circle that happened naturally and then it's grown a lot more in the last couple of years but one of the things that drew me to doing it with Sir was the fact that I know he's done both sides of it. And that to me puts me not just at ease with it, but also it means I can learn a lot more from it because one day I may not, I may want to be on the other side of this. Who knows? We all grow up. For me, it's probably something that might happen when I'm older. I doubt I'll ever do that, but you never know. <laughs> Pink for me is a huge history and passing on of traditions and ways of life and it's a very experienced way of doing that and so i definitely was attracted to it because sir for me was someone i respected and obviously i still respect him but is some, someone who i respected it having a huge amount of knowledge on it and could ease me in shall we say he has knows both sides knows the extremes of it and also knows how to do it gently and that was very i feel like i uh, i i walked into a slight trap i am not complaining about said trap <laughs> <laughs> because i mean 
if for me, like as an outsider looking in, and when people talk about this dynamic, I would think, well, there's got to be a huge amount of trust here. Trust has got to be a huge factor, um, you know, because the master or dom would need to get, you know, the slave or a sub to be able to trust, like, you know, you're effectively, let's say for the sake of this conversation, you're, you're, you're putting your, 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 your fetish identity, your fetish life in the hands of someone else. Um, Jonas, how do you go about developing this trust or convincing a boy that, you know, he's able to trust you with, with this control? He's able to relinquish control, uh, to you and that you won't, you won't, you won't abuse it. How do you go about getting someone to trust? I think, first of all, you participate in the community uh, because trust is part of your character and people can only know your character by, by getting to know you, but also by getting to know your reputation and by watching what you do, uh, seeing how your words and actions fit together or, and if, or if they do not. Um, I also think for me, at least I, I let potential subs know that they are welcome to offer me any amount of control over them. I never demanded. And, um, so, and I actually, I realized I didn't really answer your question about what drew me to Jose, but the easy answer is that he made me an offer. He offered uh, to to submit, and I accepted that. And I feel like some somewhere along the lines, I have done something right that he saw and thought that is actually that actually seems trustworthy. That was apparently a trap. Uh, but I, I feel like you, as a dom who has aspirations of having more than session based uh, dynamics really need to you have a duty to like get out there and present what you are about what philosophy you have um and and that will attract people who match that when you talk about having more than just a session-based dynamic i'm guessing this is also a major factor in terms of the dynamic you have with jose because you're in copenhagen and he's in london so the distance must create i would imagine some obstacles but i would also imagine that this also creates some very interesting points of other aspects let's say of life outside of just a kink-based session where you still have some level of control how does that work across the distance boy go ahead i think it would be very different and difficult if it was something that grew or started when there wasn't the distance and then had the distance for me it's always had this distance so it's the way it's worked it means you value you could call it small things but rituals and they mean they become to mean a huge amount it might seem like a small gesture but they they become extremely important so for example the rules or the rules that I have about wearing this collar were quite specific. And when I f- was first given it, it was something I wore quite a lot or would ask to wear quite a lot. Or put it on your dog. 
We only did that once. Uh. <laughs> and it, I don't think I understood what it meant in the same way as I do now. So now yeah. I, and, and that's the growth of it. That's why, I mean, for me, I've come from this from a very novice, a, a very sort of unaware background of TP because some people feel like they want rules straight away. They want to jump in with it. I've learned to respect them more with time. So the distance isn't a problem. It means you have to find a way of communicating more in a different way. It, it, is that the way you text? Is it easy tasks that you can do between each other that you can do on your own? It, it, it will be different for everyone. But for me, it's it's always been this way. So it doesn't seem difficult. This is interesting. You talk about tasks and little rituals and little gestures, which is something I didn't necessarily think about in this context at all. But I'm imagining that there would be little tasks and gestures given all the time. Jonas, what are, 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 are you, can you tell us maybe some of the tasks you give Jose to do or that you look forward to him doing for you? I always look forward to him uh, doing things for me, which is really nice. And even if it's small things, for example, observing the rules about the color is very important and it feels uh, meaningful. Also, we have a, uh, I wouldn't call it, <laughs> so using the word ritualistic always seems a little bit dramatic, um, but it is a ritualistic um, presentation of himself which also incidentally looks very much like a stretch you can do at the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can, um, I can get this presentation from him from many different locations. Uh, and I know that it, it means that he is uh, in his submissive headspace paying respect to me, which is nice. And of course, like everyone else, we, uh, we use an app to keep track of certain things certain tasks and habits that are good for the boy and also benefit me because generally what makes the boy a better person also benefits me because the boy services me. I'll not go into uh, micromanaging details about what I make him do, um, but I keep, I keep track of it and I, I pay attention to it. And I, uh, I write a little custom uh, good boy notes for when he completes them. <laughs> <laughs> As an ex-professional dancer, I'm already imagining what one or two of these stretching poses at the gym could potentially be and why you would probably be so overjoyed to see your boy in one of these positions. Um, listeners, get your imagination juices running. If they're as vivid as mine are, I think you're having a very good picture of Jose um, in a stretching position at the gym, making his uh, master very happy. So this is really good. Um, well, it's one of the things I want to talk about because I'm imagining also when you're getting into it like a TPE um, dynamic, there has got to be, I'm imagining, a lot of talk and discussions about boundaries. You know, um, you know, more now than ever, you know, consent uh, is a major factor in just about every aspect of our sexual kink and fetish lives. Um, you know, and I would probably argue that it's even more relevant when you're um, agreeing or negotiating the terms of something like uh, a TPE, um, you know, dynamic. In our chats earlier, um, you talked about language and words that we use. And 
what would you say are some of the languages or words that are really important to be used when you're talking about uh, things like boundaries and consent? It's very important, I feel, to establish hard limits. It's also very important to realize that, um, and I'm going to make uh, use an example now. Uh, so uh, Jose has uh, a, another relationship, which um, there are certain boundaries in that that I do not interfere with. And that is reasonably hard line, but also as our connection has grown and I've gotten to know the other partner. Some of those lines are a little bit blurred. And actually, sometimes it is me who have to say, actually, none of this right now, because we're in a situation that involves the other partner. Um, and uh, Jose started out being a lot more uh, adamant about those boundaries that has relaxed with time. And I find myself very often actually finding that they have now become my boundaries instead of his. Uh, so like he is okay with me behaving dominantly around the partner, but I will not be, which is interesting. Um, that, that's very interesting because it then means that there are definitely, yeah, you're recognizing, I guess, both. There has been like a, a total flip-flop of recognizing that there are certain points where limits really need to be adhered to. But it's also, as you mentioned, in a roundabout way, this is also about respect for the partner and also respect for the life outside of the dynamic. It also helps when your partner is also in their own TP relationship with another sir based in another location. It means there's a, I have an easier understanding partner, put it that way. Yeah. Themselves in a similar dynamic. I'd say often in the moment, I'll get more caught up and forget about those boundaries because I'm enjoying it too much. And that's something that's really hard to keep an eye on. And it's really nice when your sir is very much aware of it because you're sometimes lost in it because you're enjoying it too much. So you realize you've never the boundary, it is a boundary, and you've forgotten it kind of exists because you're in the headspace at the moment. Because when you start to fall into that submissive headspace, you start to forget some of your, your focusing is on that and sometimes forget the other responsibilities and relationships that you might have. Yeah, because I would probably, I would then, you know, argue too that in the discussions that you're having about these boundaries and the terms of your dynamic, it's going to be really important for not even just one of you, for both of you to make sure that you're being always bad cop when it comes to recognizing, you know, one or the other of you is lost in your headspace. Because as your master, you know, I would say, um, Jonas, you have to constantly be aware. I, I would assume that you should be or would be constantly aware of how far you can actually push Jose. And Jose, I would say that as the submitter of the sub, I would also assume that, you know, one of these things that you would definitely discuss or want to make sure is that Jonas also is aware of, of his own limits, where his limitation ends, you know, but it's also kind of understanding or learning more about you. So he knows when or how far he can push. But I mean, who sets the, the ticker like, uh, pause, we've got to a point now where one of us has gone too far one way or the other. I mean, it's, it's on both of you. 
and and that's where it's the lines blur from some boy to two people discussing a boundary because we all we all love pink but at the end of the day it's also not our full-time life and nor for most of us can we afford to be in that full that 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 tpe space all the time we all have jobs and other responsibilities and so it takes you out of the moment a bit but that is the reality of it. it it's something you really enjoy and you make it happen as much as you can but you always have to be realistic on life sadly <laughs> although i will say um it's like i do consider us we actually we discussed this up to uh participating that like at first i would say oh we do we do occasional power exchange but actually our dynamic doesn't stop just because it doesn't touch on every aspect of our lives all the time it doesn't mean that uh it's turned off it's actually never turned off uh even in casual social situation it's always there somehow uh, that was a very nice realization to have that i actually do consider what we do uh, as tpe so just because uh he isn't locked in a basement at all times a day doesn't mean that the exchange isn't full and um i enjoy wrestling a little bit more of control out of him but i already consider it like a full-time uh full-time engagement and it's something for me that i didn't without having been asked this question i would not have said that answer it, it was suddenly when you look at it and you're like oh this does affect more than i expected oh that's really nice it, it it came as a little bit of a surprise but it's also it doesn't just like so i just said it doesn't just happen in kink settings it happens in small places it can be at the gym it can be small things for my partner with his relationship sometimes when he and his uh, go for dinner there's small things it's like how you eat your dinner and there's a control in that it can be however you want it to be and that's also what makes it so fun because it the most mundane small thing that's in front of someone else are there any things for either of you which is 100% off limits i do not accept uh sexual displays in front of people uh who are not there to see a sexual display and i'm also very very limited in how much of the dynamic that i open the show uh, out amongst the normal people mm-hmm. so i will quite often um tuck in the collar so it's under the shirt uh, but that that doesn't mean i turn it off i just uh change it to my personal preferences and that is how i with a little word game actually make it into an act of dominance it's like i choose that the dynamic manifests itself like this in this setting and that's how we're going to do it but that is a, a very specific limit for me is um to involve others who have not asked to be involved. Jose, what about you? Hard limits? Can't affect home life, my normal relationship. It, it, it has to tie into that. But as we've discussed it, it changes. I wouldn't, I'd say I've got a lot of limits. Can I write them down straight away? No, but there's lots of things I, I don't like or, do, or don't want to be interested in doing. But some of them are becoming things you want to grow into. So th- there's a blurring there. 
Well, I have another question. A lot of times when people are talking about a TPE dynamic, there's very often a discussion about a contract. So it would be interesting to know if you have a contract. If you do, why? If you don't, why not? And the other question I would then ask is if you have a contract, which for most people would be like you have a binding agreement. So what this is a multi multi-layered question. If you do have a contract, which then becomes a binding agreement, how are you then, or what is the the back door, let's say, that lets you then change the rules or change the guides as you go along to either expand or close particular facets of your dynamic boy first there isn't a written contract for me personally i'm not sure i'd ever want something that hard in writing just because it's a generic changing thing it's never going to be set in stone sir has a lot more experience with this than i do and does that mean that does that mean then that you like having the flexibility to be adaptable with the dynamic by not having a contract? In my head, that would be that situation. Okay, that's in your head. Let's see what's in, in Yonis's head. <laughs> First of all, I'd say um, I don't feel the need to have a contract with mm-hmm. Boy because our um, our chemistry is very intuitive. Uh, which is something I enjoy. We are very often in the same place, just at different ends of the dynamic. A contract is great if you can't remember all the very specific rules you make. And there's also something very uh, fetishistic about putting it in paper and putting your signature on it. So in a way, I'd see like a contract signing as like a a very specific kind of scene. Uh, And also, if you are the person who needs the security of being able to read exactly what you have agreed to, I think that's also a great tool. Uh, None of what I just mentioned, I think, applies to us. I did make the boy write lines at one point. That is kind of setting it in writing. That was very fetishistic for me. Um, I got some of them sent in the mail, which was very, very nice. They're on my shelf. I don't have a I don't have a, a desire to to contract the boy in that way. Um, I feel like we have an agreement that um, is more powerful actually because it's a it's a mutual understanding and it's it is fluctuating it is dynamic. Um, uh, but I actually feel it's less brittle than a contract. It's less likely to break. If you, even without it, we would then say when the dynamic comes, and I think maybe this is maybe a general thing for even people just listening to get an understanding of how a TPE dynamic works, you know, whether you're in a a play-based session or, you know, conducting or doing something in everyday life, there is an understanding that, you know, or maybe a misunderstanding, I don't know, but the understanding that the sub, the boy, the slave who is giving up control doesn't have the right to withdraw his consent to something he's being asked to do or something he's being told to do. So the question I would ask is, can or should a boy have the right to withdraw his right to give up his power at any time during this dynamic? Let's hear the boy first again. 
Very clever. I love it. A hundred percent. It has to be there. And last summer I used that. There was a situation that I needed to, with my partner where uh, he had to go to hospital and I had to, everything had to stop. I was meant to come see Sir for a visit. It was all, we were really in that last couple of weeks getting really super excited for it and just had to, you have to change all your plans. The rug gets pulled from under you. And it was a real, it was really hard to have that suddenly just go, it's gone. But it was the right thing at that moment because my focus is then on my partner. That's where my focus has to be. And then it didn't feel right restarting until we actually saw each other properly. And it wasn't easy, but I'd also say it's made everything a lot stronger and deeper because of it. And to me, you learn from every situation. And that was quite an intense one, but one that I taught me a huge amount. Said said situation did not really involve like a stop word or anything. It was like, again, an understanding. The idea of not being able to stop something for me is mainly session based. Uh, it is when you're in a session, you have decided there is no safe word. We are trusting the Dom's ability to uh, keep things inside of the same category where there is no uh, life threatening damage or um, uh, really like chance of psychological scarring. So there's trust and there's also a, a sort of surrender. But you also you also have to, as, as the dominant, you have to really think about, let's say the sub at some point agrees that he doesn't have the right to stop you. And then you are in a situation where the sub wants to stop and you have to say no. How do you do that? I cannot prevent the boy from taking time off. Um, and um, also, even if it's in a session where he's actually restrained, I think you will find it's very, very, very few people who are actually able to look down at someone who is using the safe word, asking for things to stop and say, no, we're going to keep going, even though you are obviously well beyond your breaking point. I know that the question about no safe words and no stops is where your mind goes a lot. I just think it's not super relevant uh, because it's very unlikely to to happen. Uh, in And of course, there are some people out there who get off on causing actual harm. Yep. And I think this, this kind of rolls me into one another um, point I wanted to bring up. And, you know, you mentioned the word saying, and I know that sometimes when we're dealing in any kind of um, uh, kink or fetish scenario or dynamic, you know, one thing that we should always consider is, you know, mental health, the mental stability of a, either the master or B, you know, the sub or the slave, you know, and uh, I made a note, you know, that says, you know, I don't intend to say that anyone who's giving up total control must be out of their mind or must be unstable. And anyone who wants to take total control away from someone else must be a power hungry sadist. But, you know, I think we can't ignore the fact that there should be a very in-depth conversation about these kinds of limits and also maybe in also trying to establish or trying to gauge the 
mental awareness or the mental capacity of what the headspace is like for the person you're about to enter this dynamic with. Um, and I would probably say maybe a point from both of you, how would you go about beginning to make a decision for yourself on whether or not the person that you're intending to enter this dynamic with actually has the mental capacity to get you to trust them or to tr trust that they're in the right headspace. You just feel it. And, and how to describe them on that, I, I, for me personally, I like meeting people on the scene for one of those reasons. I get to meet them socially. I get to judge them in a situation that isn't too intense. I, I'm, 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 you're reading the room, you're reading how they react. And if people ever, even for just a session, people go, oh, I don't really want to meet socially or that's not something I do. I kind of rule you out for most reasons because I can't get a chance to see you display your social norms that lets me then judge that trust. And in terms of what you're saying about why people give up control, for me, what I love is it's freeing. It's the aim of a session, it, it frees you. And that's where I have an incredible amount of respect. I don't know how Sir does it. To me, it's freeing. So I don't know what he's having to deal with because he's making the decisions. <laughs> I love that. But on the dominant side, to me, that's something I'm in awe of. But it's there's that feeling inside you that kind of tells you it's right. And for me, it's slow steps. I wouldn't jump into this fast, but I'm not someone who, in a kink environment, normally plays with someone until I've met them two or three times. That's how I work. Everyone's different. And you have to be careful and look after yourself at the end of the day. And Jonas? Um, yeah, uh, just to agree with the boy here, like get involved in your local community. If you don't have a local community, find the opportunity to meet the international community, meet someone and then play with them. <laughs> always think about that and ask your friends if they know them as to as to the mental health part um i definitely have a power hungry sadist side there is a different version of myself who uh, duct taped a kitchen knife to a roomba and uh gradually built an army of robots to take over the world uh, and rules everyone with an iron fist and that person is not a sane person um and sometimes I feel myself in conflict with that person. As the boy mentioned, I used to be the sub in a TPE relationship where this other insane person was gradually separated from myself so that uh, I can use him as an example of what not to do, but I can also use him as an inspiration for some very devious things to do. And boy, when I am in control, I feel great. I feel powerful. And uh, the responsibility and the fact that I am worthy of it um, is very, very, very sexy to me uh, and makes me feel very good. Um, and the feeling uh, as a dom of being worthy, uh, I don't think many doms really realize that this is the ecstatic feeling they are having. but. I think that's that in many cases is like pride in your ability to do what you're doing and uh, the and the joy of just 
practicing your craft and doing it safely, not doing it as your evil twin. On a final note, can each of you in turn, um, you know, give a word to anyone who's listening that might be considering entering a TPE dynamic? Um, how would they begin? And what is, let's say, one or two things very specifically they should be on the lookout for when it comes for trying to find that ideal person? Mm. Yeah, boy first. For me, I feel like it happened gradually by accident in the most lovely way. So I don't I don't know how you look for it because I never looked for it. It it was something that I've joyfully learned to love. It's not something I went to seek. Jonas? Um yeah, uh like if you are an aspiring dominant, uh I say get some really good friends who are also dominants. Um, and if they, if you consider them to be better at some things than you, then show them respect. That's not going to make you any less of a dom and ask them to show you what they can do. Ask to sit in on their sessions, ask to them to teach you, um, and have some nice, good dom friend times with them. Uh, if you are an aspiring sub, also make friends, uh, but also look very carefully inside and figure out what you want, what you're willing to give. Take those two things, bring them to a guy that you think might be the dom for you and then hand them and say, please, sir, will you take these uh, and uh, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast today and for also being so open and honest and explicit with certain things. I don't think I expect that so much, but that was actually really, really, really nice. Listeners, it's a shame that you can't see them because I can see them and the beams on their faces is really uh, quite endearing. It's really, it's really quite lovely. And it's nice to see that you guys have developed this dynamic, which is actually really genuine. You know, I wanted to try to understand what would I learn today um, and what would our listeners learn today? And I think it's really important for anyone who's interested in entering in a TPE dynamic to really take the time to consider that this is something that you really want to do and that the partner you're doing this, that you've had time also to consider them and to consider whether or not it's actually someone you trust, you know, who, when you enter the discussion about, you know, boundaries, what is this dynamic going to look like? But I've also learned um, that it is, and I'm sure that there are people who might agree, but however, my personal feeling is that I've learned that it's really important to leave room for the dynamic to actually evolve. And I would imagine that there is an advantage to maybe not having a contract that's set in stone, although I can see the excitement about that and I can actually see what that would do for a bonding of such a dynamic. It would definitely be such a statement. Um, but I myself, uh, you know, in any context, I'm always, I think that I'm always changing and evolving. And as you have more experience with play or you grow into a specific dynamic, you're also constantly learning and changing and evolving. Um, and I think there has to be 
room when we think about things like consent and safety for boundaries to be pushed, but for also boundaries to be brought back, because I think everyone has limits. Um, anyone who says they have no limits in my eye is needs to have themselves uh, sense checked most definitely. And I think understanding your limits and uh, being completely aware of them is really quite important. And I think that's even, you know, Jonas, as you mentioned also, that you have this, this other side to you. And sometimes I would say, I mentioned it at another podcast, that I can sometimes get involved or we can get so wrapped up in a session or in a play that we lose ourselves. You know, Jose, you talked about losing yourself in a moment. And it's very easy to lose ourselves. And I think in any kind of dynamic, we really need to be even more aware and have our senses more heightened. But I think what I've learned today is that still questions, you know, is total power exchange really total? And how far does this exchange go? So listeners and you TPE players who are out there already, I think it's maybe a good thing uh, to question yourself, you know. Is total power exchange really total? I would be interesting in hearing your comments or your feedback on this. You know, the podcast is going to go out. That's definite. And I think we've done one or two articles on this before. I would be very interested in hearing your thoughts on this and seeing if we can get some other suggestions and angles and feedback on the TPE dynamic. So once again, thank you for listening. And thank you again to my hosts, uh, Jonas and Jose. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Um, Listeners, I look forward to um, hearing back from you. Social at recon.com. Let us know. Have a good one. Bye for now.